from Anchor FM, this is Etch the Edges, where we climb the steep cliffs of the divide, the issues that separate us from the right and the left, and we do the hard work of closing that divide. Find the common ground we know we all share. Hi, I'm B.S. Brown, your host, and together we will etch the edges. America has often been at the crossroads, and yet here we are again. What do we do? And how do we do it? Together, let's get into it. Our purpose? To do the work. To truly peel away at the extremes, for it's the extremes, the extremes that divide us. The tail is wagging the dog. Small groups of people with outsized voices are commanding the stage, and the rest of us? Well, the rest of us suffer for it. It's time for all that to change. Let's lean into discomfort. Let's have the hard conversations, and together, let's etch the edges. Welcome back to Etch the Edges, the show where we do the work of leaning into discomfort, but I think this time it's going to be a comfortable conversation. <laughs> As we endeavor to make them all, our special guest today is Gwinnett County Commissioner Kirkland Carden of District 1. Commissioner, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So listeners, you know, we're going to dive right in. You guys know how we do this. The main point, right, is to etch those edges, to surface questions and get some insight into the people that we're talking to, you know, regular everyday people who often find themselves doing outsized things, who take on responsibility and, and hold themselves accountable to do the work that the rest of us, quite honestly, haven't stepped up to do. So we first have to thank them. And then second, as is our responsibility as good citizens, we need to understand that accountability. We need to understand the actions that they take. We have to know who it is we're voting for and why. And that's so very important, especially at the local level. Too many of us discount what folks like our commissioners do. So we're here to have that conversation with Commissioner Carton today. And Commissioner, we just want to go ahead and start off with you telling us, who's Kirkland Carton? Where'd he come from? You know, what's it all about? So my backstory is this. I'm originally an Ohio native. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, raised in Dayton, Ohio. I have plenty of family, immediate family still in the state of Ohio. So those are my roots. Um, I lived in uh, Gwinnett County for more than 18 years. This December, I make 19. Um, I moved around a good bit when I was younger. My mother used to work for the Department of Veterans Affairs uh, for 36 years. So over the course of her career, she would get transferred or promoted to different hospital facilities, different VA uh, facilities across the South and the Midwest. So, you know, I spent my early years in the Dayton area. Um, then we moved to uh, Michigan, um, lived in Saginaw, Michigan, and then the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. And from there, we pivoted all the way south, the big culture jump. We went from uh, the suburbs of Detroit to Auburn, Alabama, where my mother worked at VA Tuskegee, um, the VA uh, facility in Tuskegee, Alabama. And I believe December 2004, we finally moved to Gwinnett County, Georgia. And, you know, I was, I think, halfway through my 10th grade year. And I really just fell in love with the place. You know, all the places that I lived, um, the family members that I visited across the country at that point in time, I just really never um, experienced a community quite like Gwinnett. You know, you still got your suburban feel, but you're still like, 20 minutes drive away from the core downtown, depending on how traffic is. Right. Things that set me back or just really left impression on me as a young man when I moved here was the diversity. I know you hear people say this all the time, but you know, given from my part of the country where I'm from, um, a little more older, a little more established, to come from that to this, where you're driving down Pleasant Hill and you're seeing signs in Korean, you're seeing a uh, 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 huge moss, you're seeing all these people from diverse backgrounds 
but they're here in Gwinnett and they're successful at what they do. They're good businessmen. They're good attorneys. They're, they're involved in local government and it's working well. And I remember as a young man, I just didn't see that um, prior to living here. So needless to say, I stayed. Obviously, I've been here <laughs> years now. I uh, went to Georgia State University, studied political science. Um, but um, I took a lot of public administration courses. So that kind of gave me the foundation to pursue my professional career, which uh, first job out of college, I worked as a city planner. Um, for a firm called Jacobs Engineering, a huge firm, got an office downtown. But I worked, you know, with local governments in the planning department, did that, and then bounced to the Georgia Department of Transportation in 2017, where I worked with them for five years. And fast forward, here we are. And fast forward, here we are. We just need to pause for a minute, Commissioner, just to, you know, to, to let's settle how you said you moved from the suburbs of D-Town to Alabama. That's yeah. A, that's a shift. That's a real <laughs> shift. And I can only imagine what, what it must have felt like. I mean, wow. I, well, I'll tell you two things that come to mind is that it, the weather. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Detroit, you know, the Midwest. Yeah. Completely different experience in the fall and the winter. And then to come down here, it's like, Come to, I'm not here, I'm sorry, to come to Auburn, Alabama. It's, oh, it's completely different. But I'm not complaining. I love it. Absolutely. I love the way. Absolutely. Alabama, as they say, is a great state. Of course, it's the South. So, you know, from a cultural standpoint, we'll say, how do we say it? There are those diverse proclivities, those things that make the place uh, challenging and special right. all at the same time. I'll say this. This is the second thing I was going to go with. It was just the actual um, Southern accent <laughs> that threw me and my old sister off. So those who don't know, I'm my oldest five children. And when we moved to Auburn, Alabama, we were talking like Midwesterners. And, and since we're in Michigan, we are also getting that uh, Canadian accent. Because we were there for so long. So saying, don't you know, you guys. <laughs> to Auburn, Alabama, where I'm like, ma'am, I don't understand you. <laughs> That's a real culture shock. That is a real culture shock. I'm quite sure they were like, uh, you know, what are y'all saying? <laughs> Remember that show, Bobby's World? Yes. Yeah. When when kids used to clown us, that's what they used to say. Y'all sound like mom from Bobby's World. <laughs> wow. That's it. That's it. And then you move from there and you came to what is perhaps, you know, without question, one of the most diverse communities in the country. And you got to see what things could look like, in my opinion, mm -hmm. what, what, what things could look like when America works, right? Mm -hmm. And it does live up to its creed, its standard. I like to say, you know, um, how does the, the saying go? You know, we want to be a, a, um, a, a bowl and a melting pot. Well, you know, I like that, but that, that's not so much what I think we should be. I can't, I can't recall where I first got it from, but I like the thought of tossed salad because, you know, we all are in the same boat, the mm -hmm. bowl but we get to keep our constituent pieces, our consistency. We remain whole, even though we are together. So I'm, I'm still a tomato. I'm not melted into lettuce. I'm still <laughs> lettuce, if that's what I choose to be. And right. of course, a crouton is a crouton. So we take that and we translate that, as you said, to a drive down um, Pleasant Hill Highway. And, and you, you get to see Pleasant Hill Road. You get to see what's what, right? You get to see the the the, the businesses, the, the restaurants. You get to see the character, the flavor of the county with so many different Americans of diverse backgrounds coming together to make it work. And I, and I like how you said it. We used to have that sign on the water tower out there. Gwinnett is great. You know, yeah. um, that it, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, well, that's arrogant, you know. You, but I lived here, continued to live here. And I was like, wow, that's really... It may be a little arrogant, but it's true. <laughs> you got to claim it. 
You got to claim it. You got to claim it. You got to claim it. So clearly that left an impression on a young man such as yourself as you were finishing high school. And it looks like um, you got the background. You got the background fairly because you always had a foot in policymaking through your mother in terms of how government works or or its actions, right? Right. So, you know, I have a lot of um, civil servants in my family. Well, there's people that work for the Department of Defense, my mom with the VA, even the post office or uh, military service. Um, my mom's father, he was a captain in World War II. So um, I think, not I think, one of the things that my family instilled in me um, was that understanding of public service. That, yeah, we live in a great country or we may live in a great community, but it's only great because of the hard work from men and women that came prior to us. So, uh, you know, they didn't say you will do this. They, they just instilled in me that, you know, you have a part, right? You have to make sure, um, you can probably hear my kid in the background, yep. but you have to make sure the world that he inherits um, is a little bit easier or, or at the very least just as nice as when you found it. And that motivation has been with me over the years, all 34 years. Absolutely, absolutely. That is awesome. So I would love for you to uh, share with us, um, Kirkland, what, you know, you, you're going along, you decided to step up, you know, what was the pivotal moment for you that said, you know, um, as you say, you know, you it's been internalized and instilled in you that it's incumbent upon us to make the world better for those that come after. You know, that doesn't always equate to, well, now I'm going to run for office. What was that pivotal moment? What said, I've got to do this and this is why? 2010. At that time, summer 2010, I, I went to Georgia State University to start um, my bachelor's in political science. I did an associate's degree in 2010. I went off to GSU. And... Before that time, I had an interest in national politics. It wasn't until I went to GSU, took certain courses, started changing what I was reading, my reading patterns, where I took an interest in hyper-local. So at that time in 2010, I'm sure you would remember, there was a lot of nefarious behavior or what I would say poor leadership coming from Gwinnett County government. And it was interesting for a guy like me to be so focused on the national. And then 2010, you had a governor's race. Governor Barnes tried to make a comeback against Nathan Deal, then a congressman. But then for me to make that that jump even further, go local, and this is what I find. um, I said to myself, this is just poor leadership. And the more I saw things play out, I really said to myself, I could do this, right? Like, I feel like I could offer something if I was in this role. So I I guess to answer your question, I've always been around it. I've always appreciation for public service, but what got me interested in local office in Gwinnett was where things were at in Gwinnett in 2010. And I I think everyone would say that wasn't our best time. That wasn't- Just for the listeners, let's elaborate a little bit on what was going on that would make folks go, wait a minute, what? So of the five commissioners, you had the chairman um, step down to avoid an indictment. You had Kevin Kennerly tied up in legal issues and convicted him and his wife. And my former commissioner, also my former mayor, Shirley Lasseter, was actually found selling her vote and was sentenced to um, with a couple years in prison. I can't remember the exact month um, uh, term that she was given, but there was three. And then you had investigations, I think, in another one with abusage of his P card. Right. He wasn't handling business the way he should. So, again, coming as a young man, just in school, when you're reading this. My take on it was, I think we can do better. Yeah. And if I have the opportunity to serve in this capacity, I will do better. 
And I think that got me interested in the local politics or government Gwinnett, because again, my focus was always national, regional, state. And from there, you know, in 2013, I tried to run for city council, lost, missed the runoff by nine votes. 2017, came back four years later, won against a 20-year incumbent in a three-way race and got over 55% of the vote. So, you know, I say that to say there's a history yeah. um, in local government or local politics. It's not an overnight process. Absolutely. And as with anything that has meaning, it takes time and it takes work. One thing I definitely want to make sure we emphasize is that you, you called out specific examples and those examples, you know, show a pattern of abuse. And right. often enough, unfortunately, we as citizens that sit out here in the polity, we, we watch the news, we hear it, we go, oh, that's ugly. And that's about it. You know, we stop right there. And we don't give it the weight that it deserves, which is one of the reasons, you know, we want to make sure we're talking about stuff like this. That local vote carries a lot of weight it is critically important and one should take the time to figure out or just at least at a a, a high level understand that these people got themselves with trouble because of greed they pulled the levels of corruption that can extend themselves into city government or county government in order to fatten their pockets or or get some kind of benefit back illegal in nature but that was the drive and folks need to understand that they got into those positions because somebody voted for them. It might have been you, it might have been me, but voting, the act of it, and the individual who takes up the stick and decides to run is accountable to the people. And it's incumbent upon us to make sure we understand what those in power are doing. It comes with a, a heavy weight, as it should, but it also requires that we pay attention that we actually pay attention i want to kind of slide from there real quickly into something else uh and then we go back to the story of kirkland but before we got on you were talking about last night i want you to tell folks you know uh what happened last night just so just so folks can understand what it takes when when you know you're called to do what you do right so every month the gwinnett county board of commissioners has one public hearing so that's one meeting each night where you hear zoning cases. It could be other public hearings. Like I think we got a public hearing on the Rowan project. We're doing some changes with the zoning out there. But every month we do zoning cases. Zoning cases are pretty important because they determine uh, the land use for a lot. And that can really shape your community. I, I say all the time, that is community development right there. Um, but as you can imagine, in a county like Gwinnett County, I think we're 426, 27 square miles, county of uh, just under a million people, all this development we're seeing. Our zoning cases can be a lot, um, especially when you get to that other side of the county, the uh, east, the northeastern, basically the more rural part. Yes. The thing is that people are moving out there, people are building. But anyways, um, we were at it. We started the meeting at seven. We're at it till past one o'clock. More than six hours sitting there with staff, legal, planning, hearing comments um, from the general public, making decisions on zoning cases, and then still being sharp, being acute, coming with conditions, right, to make the projects better, going back and forth with opposing legal counsel um, and having you know, intelligent, thoughtful discussions, you know, so it's not, you know, <laughs> it's not a, a cakewalk like I sit in a government office and make phone calls all day. Um, no, you don't. It, it, it's not a cakewalk right. at all. You are really putting in work. And, and, and mundane work you really don't see when you watch shows like um, House of Cards or West Wing. Because yeah. government, it's really just mundane work, interacting with people, thinking intelligently and solving problems. That's it. That's it. And again, it carries a lot of weight and it's not even, or oh, say it differently, you know, you have to take the time to celebrate wins and show up 
and put, you know, face to name and be in spaces. And that that's that's part of the job too. I say that to say because I'm thinking about you you getting home at around one or two, you know, you, you've got a family, you know, you've got responsibilities, you're responsible to the county for this. And I had seen you that afternoon as well, because my daughter is part now as she's inducted in the Gwinnett Youth Commission, and there you were sitting on the front row at two o'clock in the afternoon doing that as part of your responsibility for the county. I, I don't think you did you get to leave the building to go eat, man, because clearly you were there from sun up to sundown. And then no. sun <laughs> I try I'm not joking when I say this, but I've been trying intermediate fasting lately. So it's just two meals a day. <laughs> <laughs> but I, mean, I got you. But, but, but that's what, what I'm talking about right there is that that's the job. That's the burden. Right. So yesterday, my day started with. Um, a handyman coming to my house at eight o'clock and working on some electrical stuff. And it kept going and going. And just, like you said, about two 30, I was in a meeting or in the auditorium with our young folks, with the youth commission. And then by seven o'clock or prior to that, we had a meeting with legal. I did have something to eat quick, but come seven o'clock, we're back at it here in zoning cases for six hours, six plus hours. So I'm not complaining at all. I mean, this is the job I signed up for. Clearly, I had an understanding of what it was prior to me putting my name on the ballot. I'm just saying that there's a lot that goes into it. There's definitely sacrifice and hard work. Yeah. But that's still find myself enjoying this job. I really like working with young people like we were doing yesterday. I love working with the general public, hearing their problems, thinking them out, and working through them. That's awesome. And that's the kind of energy and, and passion and thought that we need in those positions. And, you know, just for the folks out there, I think you need to realize that and hear him when he says this, because this is the kind of person that you would want to vote for. You know, um, you hear the word zoning and most folks don't pay attention. Again, it's going back to the same problem, right? You know, but it's one of the most important things that you have to spend your time on and, and problem solve around that, right? You know, um, one area is zone commercial, another residential. Will the two ever meet? And, and they collide and the collisions are often enough explosive. I think, like you said, as that uh, northeastern portion of the county, because I, I heard this and you correct me if I'm wrong. There's no piece of land in the county that's not claimed at this point. It's just a matter of transfer and how it's going to be developed and utilized. But there is no free space sitting no. in Bay County, right. So we're growing population, but we're not growing land. Imagine <laughs> that. So, you know, as a city planner, um, former city planner, that's a challenge by itself, is that how do you prepare or accommodate for such a fast-growing population, the fastest growing in the state? Um, it's not easy. Um, you're bound to make some mistakes. We definitely made mistakes in the past, but uh, it's something that we need to be thoughtful of that the decisions we make today are not shaping just our community today. They're shaping the community for our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews. And I always let that be my motivating principle. I let that be uh, my compass when I go in and make land use and zoning decisions, when I make decisions on the budget, when it's time to make decisions on policy. What's the impact on Gwinnett long term? Absolutely. Now, last night you, you mentioned you were thinking about some guy, uh, one of the uh, speakers, or not one of the speakers, just one of the uh, citizens that, that came to take their time at the podium and speak. There was an issue from, um, I think you said stormwater runoff. Oh, yeah. Could you just highlight that just a little bit if you can? Because I want folks to understand, you know, because again, uh, unfortunately, some people that live in our county, you know, you've got your everyday problems. But you may complain about something that's happening on the street just outside your neighborhood, or you may be complaining about the thing that's just right outside your front door. If you don't live in a municipality or if something is zoned untowards and you don't even know that it's a zoning issue, they don't know that, you know, you come to the county to suss it out, right? Right. Or municipality if you live in one of our cities. So last night you were talking about a guy that does know this, and I think everybody should understand and know that. You guys have to take the time to listen, because if there's something that you, you you want to bring up, you should know that at the Gwinnett Justice Center, 
you know, there's a room where Kirkland and his peers sit in the chairwoman and they talk about this stuff. Right. So well, that's Noel County and our stormwater infrastructure is aging in this county. Mm-hmm. Um, people usually don't pay that a lot of mind because it's water being collected under their feet or in a detention pond in the back of their subdivision. Mm-hmm. But I'm finding that a lot of these subdivisions that were built 20, 30, maybe 40 years ago don't have an organization or the money to properly maintain that infrastructure. Another trend I'm seeing, this ties back to the gentleman from last night from Cardinal Lake. Well, that has a lot of private lakes that virtually serve as regional detention ponds. Mm. They're in communities where they don't really have the funds to fix them up, dredge them, get the silt out. However, some of these lakes are really big. Category one, category two lakes. I can't remember which classification, but whichever one it is, you can have not just a serious loss of property, but even a loss of life if it were to fail. And those who know the Cardinal Lake Duluth area know that that's a big lake. And if you were to have a dam break or some serious accident, you could flood out Satellite Boulevard right, you would have serious loss of life and property. So one of the things I've been doing since taking office is working with our folks at DWR and working with the folks at Cardinal Lake to make sure that's a priority, trying to get that lake the attention it needs. Because like I said, yeah, it's a private lake, but that private lake, if it fails, could have detrimental impact on public roads, or property, loss of life even, you know, not being able to use Satellite Boulevard. So I've been working with them pretty closely over the last year plus, year and some change, trying to get it addressed. But again, this is a very old county. And I feel like once you start looking under the ground, once you start putting the cameras on the ground, it's like, well, I went in here to fix this one thing, but now you're telling me this up the road is failing too. So I just feel like, you're always playing catch up in a county this size. I got you. And like you said, uh, private lake with public impact. There's exactly. Like, like that. I'm- absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the county has uh, a 25-year plan. Um, there's a roadmap out there that, and people should be interested. Unfortunately, we know some folks aren't. Again, you know, you, you got to. You live your day by day, and often enough, you can't find five minutes, let alone an hour to consume a plan or something like that. But I think it does behoove folks to, to you know, um, just think about these things and, and you know, put some interest in where the county is going. Can you elaborate a little bit on the direction that we're supposed to be taking, right, overall right. as a county? So I want folks to know that we have a very sharp professional group of people here in Gwinnett County government, the full-time civil servants um, that work with consultants to prepare long-range planning documents to make sure that we're accommodating the fast growth we're seeing in Gwinnett. So whether it's with water, um, whether it's with our parks or with land use, um, as I said before, we in Gwinnett, Gwinnett recognize that we are the fastest growing county in the state. And we're going to have to make changes today to brace for tomorrow. Now, I'm not gonna call any Metro Atlantic counties out by name, but there were other counties in their heyday were the envy of the region, but they fell behind because they failed to make investments in things like water, right? They had dissent decrees because they could not make the proper investments in water, it hindered them in development, it hindered them in growth and housing and business, and they regret it to this day. So though we're not perfect and we have a lot of work to do, it's always been, we've always had a good board prior to us and even with this board that was willing to listen to staff, make the tough decisions to invest now, knowing that it will have positive impact in the future. And, and is 
shout out to all my staff and all my friends at Department of Water Resources, yeah. Park Finance, the administration. I work with a great, talented group of people. And because the work they do, they make us five commissioners look really good. There you go. And, and, that, and that's Gwinnett standard. You know, there you I, go. I really want to emphasize that. I, um, I tell folks all the time, right, you know, you can go throughout the metro area. And, you know, I'm born and bred at Atlanta, uh, Southern gentleman, um, as it were. And you look at the parks, right? You look at the parks. And to your point, you know, you know we don't want to slap names yeah, on people yeah, we ain't gonna call whatnot. Them. You know, we're not going to go down that road. But I will yeah. say this. You can go outside this county, uh, next door, one door down, a couple of doors over, two doors down and to the right or the left, and you won't find a park that looks as good, as clean, as well-managed as a Gwinnett County Park or public facility. And we have to emphasize that the country comes here to see how water is done, mm -hmm. without question, without question. That's a standard up here in this county. And it's been awesome to see you guys uphold it and continue to build on it. From that point, from that perspective, and then I wanted to ask you a, a question about a personal challenge, but this popped into my mind right now, right? And you know, we're talking about all the work that you got to take on, everything that you guys are leaning into. We know the politics right now in our county are pretty hot, right? You know, they've tried to remap and change and and gerrymander and a lot of that's taken place and it's been done and folks have been moved but i want to get your take given the growth the amount of work and based upon comparisons and standards with other counties how do you feel about that issue do we need to expand our board and um and i'm just gonna go ahead and say it because this is a conversation and i'm not an official journalist on you know, none, none of that stuff you know, I don't think we need to strip power from my chairwoman. I, I, I didn't sit on that side of the debate, but I did want to ask the critical question of whether or not you guys need help. Do you need right. more folks on the board? Well, let me take the politics out of it and just speak to you as a public administrator, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, a, a formal government employee who worked with elected officials. It is much easier to get things done with five members than it is with nine or 10, right? So in Gwinnett County, Georgia, if you need a quorum of the five, you just need a majority and that's just three people. That's it. If you grow the board and you add nine people, your quorum increases. You need to do more just to do the same job. Mm. Um, more people, more personalities. Um, I really think that part of Gwinnett's success is that we were able to get things done in a timely manner. Again, I'm not gonna call out any neighboring jurisdictions, right. but I have that have worked in some of those neighboring jurisdictions that have city councils or commissions with a lot of folks. And it's just hard to do, get business done. If you're, um, a county administrator or a finance person, and you're going to give a, um, a presentation to all board members on the military, something that happens easily on a regular basis, you now have to give that presentation to nine people instead of five people, nine different schedules opposed to five. So I've always thought it was just bad governance. That's number one. But number two, if commissioners need help, which I admit we always use help, um, how does adding more people on the board give you that help? As a commissioner, if I need help, the first thing I should ask for is more staff and resources for my office so I can better do my job to communicate to you. I mean, that's simply what it is. Because if you call Gwinnett County government, you're not going to get a commissioner on the phone. You're going to get staff on the phone. Even if you get me on the phone, you don't want me on the phone. I'm not a subject matter <laughs> all things, right, at the county. Right. So I've always felt that if there's a constituent service issue, invest in making sure we have staff and communications, our assistants are well supported. The administration is well supported. So the full time professionals that are there around the clock can service you again. Like I said earlier, they make me look really good. 
<laughs> so before you do changes to add more folks to the board, give them more resources to do their jobs. Um, and, and lastly, I've just not heard a lot of people talk about this issue until folks started to stir the pot and made it an issue. Yeah. Right. I, I, again, I've run for office in 2020. I can tell you what I was hearing. Public safety, transportation, redevelopment, when that place small, response to COVID, economic recovery from COVID. Adding districts wasn't even, didn't break the top 20. Yeah. We have to wonder, is this a manufactured issue? Is this an issue we're talking about because some group in the county pushed it out there, stirred the pot and made it? Or is this really an issue where the majority of clinicians are at or really care about? Yeah, I doubt. I got you. And, and as just an everyday citizen, I'll go ahead and say it from my perspective and make it plain. It is without question a manufactured issue. Thank you for that response, that answer. It's very cogent and on point. I think it's exactly what folks need to hear. Things get done in Gwinnett County and maintain the Gwinnett standard because even if you're staying up to one or two in the morning, you can still manage to get it done with the number of people that you've got. And we're not getting any better or we won't get any better by adding to the bureaucracy. Exactly. I like how you said that, you know, the, if we need help, then ask the critical question, what kind of help, where does it need to take place, who benefits from it, how do we execute it, and when should we start? And mm -hmm. I don't think, to your point, that any of those questions get answered by adding to the number of people at the table. Like you right. said, the, the expanding the number makes it much more challenging to get the quorum. It takes more time. You've got more personalities which without question will give rise to more conflict. We like conflict, but it has to be positive, not <laughs> negative. And at that point, given our environment, we know that opposing ideologies within the bureaucracy will come to the table and it'll take you guys that much longer to get the job done. And, and, and look, I'll just throw out there too to tie the knot on this. Lastly, just look at some of the consolidated city county governments in Georgia that have bigger commissions, yeah. like Augustine, Columbus, Athens, Clark, and ask yourself, are they more efficient, right? More commissioners, are they still addressing the problems of response or community service, what have you, whatever the issue is that they're saying? My friends that work with municipal governments would actually say those counties our city governments are much harder to get things done in. Mm. And you talk about late meetings, Augusta, Richmond, they go late just because when you have that many people in a room, I mean, you, you need 20 minutes just to settle down. And <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if folks just really, you know, peel the onion, the layers of the onion back on this issue, you'll find that it's a manufactured issue that really isn't getting at the complaint or concern raised by those advocating for the issue. Absolutely. And that's something I think folks need to keep in mind as we go through the cycle and we wind up um, at the next election cycle. Most mm -hmm. definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you on a much more personal note, you decided again, you step up, you step out, you're, you're doing the, the, the accountable thing for the county and for the next generation. What's been the, the greatest challenge that you've had to face? What's, what's made it hard just for you as, as Kirkland, as Kirkland Cardinal? Personal, well, I mean, I, and personally, you always have to find that balance of um, work responsibilities, right? Your profession, right? Because I still work. County responsibilities, and then your domestic family responsibilities. And I think you can easily see how, um, though this is a part-time job by title, can easily become something full-time where you can put 40 plus hours in it a week. And I think for me, you know, a young man that uh, at times can be a people pleaser who wants to uh, uh, get in there and solve problems, you have to just be really good at establishing boundaries, saying yes and no, or just telling somebody straight up, like we can do it, but we got to schedule that two weeks out. 
Um, I, I'll say I got really good at protecting my personal time and establishing those boundaries after having my son. Because you know? then it's like, oh, okay, I really want to spend more time here. <laughs> That's not there. But still recognizing that this is a job. This is the responsibilities that I signed up for. So, and I think I've, you know, it's the evolution, but I think I've done a pretty good job. You know, my family, they, um, my mom and dad, they see me do everything. And they're like, man, you, you're really good at hitting the on switch, hitting the off switch, being uh, protective with your time. And I was like, well, you know, it's a process to get here. So. Absolutely. That is awesome. It really is about appropriate work-life balance. And if you can get it, then that's all the better. Everyone should strive mm -hmm. for it. Absolutely. Going back to the uh, professional sense, you mentioned a little while ago, you talked about the Gwinnett Place Corridor. Everyone knows that there's a lot of stuff going down over there. There's a lot going on with the mall. Can you elaborate on the state of that project and where we are right now? Sure. Um, you know, the county, first three months we took office, this board uh, finalized a deal to purchase the property or most of the Gwinnett Place Mall, 37 acres to be exact, for a little more than $26 million. Um, you know, my background's in planning. So with planning documents, you need to make a document because it helps you get your ideas, your thoughts into a tangible format. In any planning document, whether it relates to water, sewer, land development, it's a roadmap. It's an honest assessment of where we're at today and where we want to be at oh, 10, 20 year duration, whatever the length is of that document. So I know we have good ideas and that area has a lot of potential, but that's why we spent the first year plus hounding out, pound, you know, getting these planning documents to be tight. Um, so we're actually wrapping up that process now. So again, when we first took office, I worked with my friends at Gwinnett Place CID to submit an application for, to the ARC for some um, uh, uh, grant money used to make that planning document a little more than a half quarter of a million dollars. And um, Gwinnett Place CID hired a firm called VHB, and they're working on the master plan for the 37 acres that we own. Um, and though we don't own some of the anchor mall parts of the mall, like your Macy's, uh, uh, Mega Mart, um, Beauty Master, we still have a vision to work around it and incorporate in it. So it's really cool. But needless to say, we're going to meet as a group, the official county administration, CID, everybody next month. And we're going to just really go through this planning document, come with a lot of questions so the public will um, will know, be able to review a final document. Actually, if you go to GwinnettPlaceCID.com now, you can see the draft. So that's number one. I'm really excited about that. Number two, the Board of Commissioners approved an equity plan for the area to ask, okay, yeah, we're going to redevelop this area and things will be market rate, but what kind of impact will it have on the um, community adjacent to it? Which is important for me because I represent District 1, I live just five miles, less than five miles away from Gwinnett Place Mall. So selfishly enough, I'm asking myself what impact is going to have on me and my family, mm -hmm. um, my friend. So that equity plan, I believe we got our final presentation, should be wrapping up, should have a public document for people to review. Um, but again, we spent the first year and change making planning documents, getting these thoughts and ideas out of our head into a tangible format so we can share with the general public, share with the private sector, and use that as a roadmap to guide development for that area, that whole mall property and adjacent to it. So as you can tell, we've, a lot is going on, and I think um, folks should stay tuned. I think we've made a lot of progress yeah. in the area in just a short amount of time, um, improving rezonings around it, getting these planning documents done. Um, and again, I don't want to throw any shade at our predecessors, but if you just look at what was accomplished in a two-year span with this board compared to our predecessors over eight, I mean, the work speaks for itself. And that goes to show that we're making this uh, mall redevelopment a priority. Absolutely. So I just want to reiterate that for those that were listening and, and, and you might have been turning left or 
sipping your coffee when he said it. GwinnettPlaceCID.com. Go right. out there and check it out. Because I'll tell you, I participated in the process myself. And it's the first time I've ever seen something like this really mm -hmm. fun in such a manner. And you were at one of them. I think um, it was the one at Burkmar where you kind of highlighted, you know, yeah. you told that to the folks, you're going to get to hold me accountable. That's so important because we had you, if you remember, we had a naysayer there. He, he just refused to believe you. Yeah. He kept thinking that, um, you know, this thing wouldn't materialize. There's all these dead zones. We're not going to do anything. It's going to drag out. And that speaks to directly what you just said around the amount of progress that's been made just over the last two short years. You've pulled in information from the people. People have showed up and they've offered their ideas. The community got engaged. And if you go out there to that website, you know, you will really see some of the things that folks are talking about. It really does have a lot of really good community involvement. And it's not to turn it into another Avalon or Atlantic Station. This is trying to be something different. And I definitely have to give kudos and propers over there to Joe Allen, who is running that CID, because like I said, I, I mean, I, I love what's going down over there. I can't wait to see it come to fruition. Yeah, we're, we're lucky to have Joe in that capacity. And needless to say, I had a relationship with Joe Allen prior to me being elected. But, you know, with that project being such a priority for me in the county, me and Joe Allen are just like this now. He definitely a good dude to have in that role. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I got to say again, I just I mean, really, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye and how the community can get engaged and will continue to be engaged. And, and what will that space look like in the years to come? I, I can't wait to see it come to pass. I think it's going to be something special that the entire country can look at right. as how well, we might want to this, do this. Development. All development is that you are seeing in Metro Atlanta, North Point, North Lake, different parts of Metro Atlanta, they're redeveloping these retail spaces. Yeah. No one is doing what we're doing. Like, I'm not even trying to say that. I'm trying to say that as most humbly as I can without throwing shade, <laughs> but no one is having an equity study. No one is engaging the general public for as long and as thoughtful as we are doing, right? This says something. I think if we get this right, when we get it right, it's going to lay a model that kids are going to learn about in the urban planning course at the Georgia State at UGA, and they're going to mention Gwinnett County um as a community that made a good faith effort to hear what people have to say before they break ground on the project without question couldn't agree more with you on that point this has been what we call uh, um a very county-wide like enlightening conversation kirkland i really do want to thank you for taking the time to give us some insight you know to share with us some of the challenges and talk to us about how things are done at the mm -hmm. county level. And of course, with the things that you said, you know, you highlight again, just how important it is. And I just don't want us to lose sight of that, right? The fact that local government, uh, and how you said it, you walk your way into a space of getting engaged, hyper-focused, hyper-locally, because it's necessary. Mm -hmm. that, that's the work that needs to be done. And I just want to personally thank you for uh, stepping up and doing it. Thanks, man, I appreciate that. I've enjoyed, um, you know, talking with you this morning, uh, keeping me sharp, keeping me on my toes. As you can tell, um, you know, I'm passionate about this stuff. So uh, happy to have an opportunity or a platform to share what we're doing in county government for folks. Absolutely. And again, you're going about 100 miles a minute, man. I mean, what, you didn't get home to 1.30, 2 o'clock? 1.30, yeah. 1.30, 1.30, you got to calm down and then you go yeah. to sleep. And here we are first thing early in the morning, the next day, and you're back at it. You got your coffee in hand and the grind is on. The grind is on. Before we shut down, Crooklyn, I always like to give the uh, guests the final word. Please let the folks in Gwinnett County know what it is you want to share and, you know, let them know what's on your mind at this moment. What's most important? I think for me right now, it's just access. You know, I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time um, saying what we're doing. But at the end of the day, um, I feel that no one man or woman has a monopoly on good ideas. And I want folks to know that my door um, is always open. 
So uh, feel free to shoot me an email, schedule some time with my assistant to get on a phone call or meet in person. I always, you know, offer that invitation and I literally just sit down in my office and talk with folks um, about issues or concerns they have. So um, please don't hesitate to reach out if you're having issues with your county government, local government. If it's an issue that's outside my purview, at least I'll get you going in the right direction. But I want people to know that you got a good, accessible group of people on the board. And I would love to have that dialogue with you to see what we can do to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. Commissioner Kirkland Cardin, District 1, edges have been etched. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, man. You take it easy. Who represents you? Who is responsible for ensuring your community is clean and safe and run efficiently? Are you aware of who represents you and what they do for you? Kirkland Carden is commissioner of District 1, Gwinnett County. He's my commissioner. He takes the time, he does the work, and I'm proud of the work that he's done. He, along with the other commissioners, ensure that Gwinnett County maintains its standard and seeks even higher levels of efficiency, meeting our needs, Thank you, Commissioner Cardin, for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you for etching the edges. And of course, we have to thank you for listening to our podcast. And aside, real quick, before we close out, if you don't know who your commissioner is, make sure you find out. If you don't know who your city councilman is, make sure you find out. Engage. Local government does not work for everyone if everyone is not appropriately engaged. Get out there and do what's necessary. Be a productive citizen. That's today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. So please like and subscribe. Tell your family, tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HDEdges. And don't forget to visit our website at HDEdges.com. Check us out, join the movement, express your commitment to the cause. Cause for a better America, a better world, where we all can stand together at the mountaintop. Do it for America. Indeed, do it for a better world. Be good to yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.